Hi, and welcome to Take Every Thought Captive, our weekly look at the Catholic intellectual tradition and an exploration of the author's books and topics that have shaped Catholic thinking for 2,000 years. My name is Jason Gale, and I'm joined this week by Dr. Richard Buzakelli. He's our lecturer in theology for Catholic Studies Academy. And before we get started, I want to invite our listeners to help us out. Uh, click the subscribe button, click the like, like button, and uh, share this podcast and any of our other materials. Share it with friends, family. Our goal at Catholic Studies Academy is just to help uh, particularly the lay faithful to grow in their understanding of Catholic theology alongside Catholic philosophy. And we want to uh, help bring about what Cardinal Newman had talked about, which is a well-informed and educated Catholic laity. Uh, this is what the church needs today. And so we, I just want to invite our listeners to help us out and uh, share our content. So this week, Dr. Buzakelli and I will be discussing uh, Lent. We're, we're, we're in the middle of Lent right now. And so I thought it'd be a great time to go through maybe some ideas for Lent uh, and kind of maybe give us a, a good little uh, booster to uh, keep up those attitudes, keep up those sacrifices that we've been giving up for Lent. And so, Dr. Boots Kelly, why don't you get us started today? Uh, maybe we can talk about maybe some historical points uh, for Lent, um, that it's not something that the church invented, or, you know, as, as one person once uh, charged, I heard, uh, that they said it was so that Catholics could boost the fish industry, um, that it was all a capitalist ploy to to help out the uh, the fishermen. Uh, so maybe you could give us maybe some quick origins of you know where exactly do we uh, uh, do we get Lent? Lent actually goes back to the early church. The real issue with Lent, right, isn't so much whether it's abstinence from meat, but the idea of a period of penance and fasting. Uh, that that clearly goes back to the earliest days of the church. In fact, there was a controversy very early in the life of the church during the immediate post-apostolic period in which there was almost a schism over the question of the uh, celebration of Easter. Mm -hmm. And now you might say, well, what does that have to do with Lent? Well, actually, it's interesting, right? Because the there is one group in the church which celebrated Easter Easter uh, in um, in accord with the date for Passover, mm. right? So basically, it was simply the Christian version of Passover, and therefore um, they celebrated it whenever Passover was, right? It was the new Passover, right. so that's when the date was. But others were celebrating uh, Easter on a different day. They made sure that Easter was always uh, on a Sunday. Right. For one thing, what happened was um, some had been scandalized. Right. Among the pagans who were observing Christians, they would say uh, these Christians don't know what they're doing. Right. This was the charge. And, and this is the reason why it was taken so seriously at the time. These Christians don't know what they're up to. Right. Mm -hmm. Some mm -hmm. of them are fasting while others are feasting. So this tells us, right, that the period before Easter was a time of fasting, even in the immediate post-apostolic period, mm. right? So that, that, that helps us to identify, right, that Lent is, um, Lent is really among the, earliest, among the earliest things we see the church doing. Now, it turns out, right, that the Feast of the, feast of the Easter uh, Vigil was the... Um, is the oldest actual feast on the Christian calendar. Right. So um, the period of Lent 
in preparation for it is therefore right the oldest um, the oldest penitential practice in the history of the church. Many many of the things in the church we can find whenever there's uh, a controversy. You know, uh, many times the, the the evidence for things come up when things are. Uh, being questioned or when mm-hmm. things are being so so you have this this you know when is easter is it you know is it the uh, same time as passover is it 40 days is it you know when exactly do we have that and so you know um i know in uh, saint irenaeus saint athanasius saint cyril of jerusalem uh saint uh-huh. cyril of alexandria they all make uh some sort of note about the particular period of lent uh, uh, or just the period before Easter in preparation um, uh, for Easter. And it was also one of those things that was kind of a, a, attached, particularly when you look at like St. Cyril of Jerusalem, because most of his writings uh-huh. were uh, catechetical in nature. You know, they, were, they, they spoke mostly to those who were preparing for um, baptism, uh, preparing to receive the sacraments and, and coming to uh, the church in that way. Many of the... Uh, um, uh, the people that were preparing for that time, St. Cyril of Jerusalem, I know specifically, charged them, you know, to, to make this 40-day fast, uh, to, make it, uh, to make it intense. I think one thing that's interesting that, you know, sometimes we say, well, we, you know, we give up meat or we, or we, we abstain from meat or we do, we do this thing or, or we're required to do that. Maybe they'll word it that way or you know, whereas, whereas I think a, a better way to look at some of these sacrifices that, that we make is saying the, you know, the church as a family does this in preparation for Easter, as opposed to saying, well, the church tells us we can't eat meat on Fridays or we have to fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. You know, I think, I think a better way to look at it is to say, as a family, we're going to do this. Because I do that in my own family. You know, we say, yeah. particularly with regards to complaining, that's what I tell my children. <laughs> it's Lent, <laughs> and our, our common uh, thing we're going to give up is complaining. Besides, you know, fasting and absence, you know, what are some of the, the kind of more traditional things, uh, the, the sacrifices that people made uh, during Lent? Well, when we think of abstinence, right, we... We, we tend to think of um, abstaining from the consumption of meat, right? Mm-hmm. But historically, actually, um, people would abstain from all kinds of foods. And there was very little left that you could consume, <laughs> right? So in the, um, in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, now, of course, this is, you got to keep in mind, of course, that this is mostly a monastic model. Right, right. Right, and... Sometimes lay people attempt to keep this kind of fast, but even in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, that that really isn't normative for the lay pe- for the laity, right? Yeah. But it what the way they the way they kind of do things, and this is this is actually not an unreasonable um, position. In fact, this is this is the way Christianity kind of used to be, right? Uh, all over, even in the West, was that monasticism would kind of set the standard mm-hmm. of ascetical practice, and then everyone else would kind of approximate it to whatever degree was appropriate to them in their state of life, right? So you weren't really expected to do the whole thing. But the most radical uh, form of abstinence, right, involves abstaining from from any product that comes from an animal, right? So meat, <laughs> Good night. dairy, yeah. eggs, okay, um, from, almost, from almost all, like, fats and, and nuts, okay? So what are you left? What what can you eat? 
basically you're just living off of uh, carbohydrates, <laughs> beer and, and bread, vegetables, right? <laughs> um, and it's you know you're starving. I mean, you you are starving to death. You, human beings can't really live like that for very long. No, they can't. <laughs> but we all know the story uh, that great beers like stouts, right, were invented to um, make it possible for people to kind of have something a little bit more um, sustaining, right, <laughs> during during Lent, right? So they made these heavy beers with high caloric value, um, and it was sort of like liquid bread or something, yeah. <laughs> right? They could drink. I don't know if that's true or not. I tend to think it is. But, you know, this really comes from a time, right, when Lenten fasting was um, pretty severe. The, the, the fast was severe because because Easter was that great, you know? Well, um, that's true, right? So that's the other side of it. It was Easter. People really celebrated. Yeah. Now, one of the things that one of the things that I um, you might want to think about, right? A person might want to think about being in the contemporary West, mm -hmm. it, which is that really our liturgical seasons don't punctuate our lives nearly to the extent that they would have in a less industrialized environment, mm -hmm. right? So if you um, if you think just think about this for a minute. Imagine if you went to your employer. And you said, well, it's Lent, so I, I really need to, for the next 40 days, you know, kind of mind my time and my attention. I need to be a bit more uh, introspective. I need to be a little bit less, um, you know, involved in the frenzy of things. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to kind of stand down for a bit, right? So I'll, I'll try to keep up my, my end of the bargain here, but you'll have to excuse me if I'm not on top of everything. And I'm and I'm not sort of going above and beyond. Uh, I'm I'm fasting from this kind of thing right now. It's it's my spiritual duty. You know, your employer might might actually rightly think, okay, that your uh, priorities were elsewhere, right? <laughs> other than your other than your career, right? But then at the end of Lent, right? He's like, okay, okay, we did this Lent thing. Now let's get back to work. And you're like, well. Actually, this is going to have to hold on about 50 more days because it's Easter. So first week of Easter, don't expect to see me at all Yeah. Um, because it's it's Easter day, right? It, we're in the Easter octave. So I'm not going to be coming into work. I, I, I'm obligated to just sort of celebrate the entire time. Um, after that, you know, I'll pop in from time to time and see how things are going, mm -hmm. but Really, this is a time of joy and celebration. <laughs> okay, and then after that, uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll talk. Okay, so yeah, then you good, get the good Pentecost, <laughs> right? Then you get the Pentecost and there's this other feast, right? Then you got the octave of Pentecost, and and then um, and then then after that, you could kind of get down to it. You could get back to work, right? Right. For a while. Um. And then eventually, right, you'll you'll get to eventually you get to Advent and then to Christmas, right? And then pretty soon you'll be back into Lent again. Yeah. So, you know, the amount the amount of attention you're throwing at your religious life is it, it really would overwhelm the possibility of maintaining any sort of job in the industrialized West. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So as a result of this, right, as a result of this, our practices, both of fasting and of celebration 
uh, have really been attenuated significantly. No, it is one of those things, you know, in the industrialized world where our spiritual lives are easily at least put secondary, if not, you know, third or fourth. What about these, uh, the, the, the 40 days, you know, those obviously, you know, have uh, biblical significance. Maybe you can talk uh, a little bit about that. Besides, you know, Christ and, and Moses, you know, are there any other um, maybe biblical kind of origins for these 40 days? Right. So the question, I guess, is um, why the number 40 at all, right? Yeah. So 40 is, a, 40 is a number which in the Bible indicates a number of different things, right? It indicates penance, uh, preparation, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, waiting, okay? You know, we see it in the story of, of Jonah, Mm-hmm. When he goes and he preaches to Nineveh, right, and they declare as a result of his preaching uh, a time of penance, right, for 40 days. And after this period, uh, God relents of the punishment that he was going to bring about them because of their iniquity. So, you know, that, that too is a precursor to Lent, right? They, they fast and they atone for their sins for 40 days. So we see this uh, we see this period of forty, um, you know, quite quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the um, the number so the number forty comes from the number four, mm-hmm. which is a that's the cosmic number, right? The fourth day of creation is when God makes the celestial bodies and oh, okay. basically creates time. Right. When he, you know, they keep the seasons of the years, which so people are able to they know when to worship God. Mm-hmm. Right. That kind of thing It's the cosmic number. And then the number 10. Right. So you multiply four by 10. Mm-hmm. But 10 is a covenantal number. Right. So the 10 commandments, it's the number of the Torah, the number of righteousness. So, um, you know, it's a way of kind of setting the world right again, if you think about it like that. Right, right. Okay. The other, the other one I remember is um, Elijah, right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. He walks for for forty days and forty nights. Uh, what does it say? You know, to the mountain of the Lord. Isn't that isn't that correct? You know, so you know, I think that's a good you know kind of uh, uh, visual for us. For, yeah. For uh, and you see Noah Easter. and the ark. Yeah. Right. Noah, and, Noah the and the ark. Right. It rains for forty days and forty nights. Okay. So this number 40 comes up all over the place. Where else do we see it? Actually, the number 40 occurs in nature, hmm. typically in, the, um, in Egypt, right? The river Nile will flood for 40 days every year. And what it does is it deposits silt, right, into the, um, into the farmland around the Nile River Basin. And because of that, the, um, you can grow food. Because right? of that silt? Right, because of that. And if, if you don't get the flooding, that if you don't get the flooding for some reason in, in a given year, you won't get a harvest, right? You, you'll have a famine. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So, um, right, so that's a, that's a big thing. The other thing is that if you, if you kind of think about um, the, the length of time for the gestation of a baby in a woman's womb, Right. 40 weeks. The yeah. length of pregnancy is roughly 40 weeks. Oh, that's interesting. So, I mean, like all of, when you, when you take all of these, you know, you could say, okay, well, what is, what is 40 point to? Well, you know, in the case of the Nile, you can look at 
growth, life. Same with a um, a woman being pregnant for forty weeks. Mm-hmm. These forty days bring about new life. Uh, you look at uh, you and know, it's the, a time. It's a time of deprivation and um, inconvenience, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. But, but but in anticipation of a blessing, right? Right, yeah. If you didn't have that blessing or you didn't know why it is that you were doing this, it would just seem cruel and unusual, right? <laughs> you know. But mm-hmm. uh, but if you know the end, and we had ta- we've talked about this before on the the podcast, you know that the 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 suffering really only makes sense when you know the end, when you know what's coming. And you know, with uh, uh, with a lot of those, you know, it, the the promise of the Lord uh, at the end of that, you know. The, the the Israelites, you know, wandering in the desert for 40 years, you know, they knew that or they had that promise from the Lord that he would lead them to the promised land. They just didn't know that it would take 40 years of wandering in the desert. But they had that that anticipation of the promised land there. Now, what about um, with regards to say, uh, you know, why does it why do we why do we even have can't we just can't we just have the greatness of, of Easter? You know, why do we have to, you know, deprive ourselves or why do we have to uh, uh, and endure these sufferings and even take on new sufferings. You know, life is full of suffering. Why can't we just celebrate Easter with, with the goodness? Why, why do we need a, a particular time and a definitive time of, of preparation? Right. Well, here's one of the, this is actually, so this is an ironic thing. Okay. Which is that, um, on the one hand, as we were saying before, right, we've attenuated our liturgical seasons a great deal, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the impact that they actually have on our lives is pretty minimal in the contemporary West. But precisely for that reason, right, it kind of requires us, I think, even more than before, although although we do much less, right? Mm-hmm. Although we're, we attend to land much less than we used to, nonetheless, it's really more important than ever before. Right. Because because we have a tendency to forget about our spiritual lives completely. Um, so, you know, you mentioned, like, if I if I don't see the great um, blessing on the other side of the sacrifice, right, then it just seems to be senseless torture. Right. Deprivation for no good reason, right? Um, but this, this is actually a real problem, because we, we don't usually celebrate... Easter, you know, with a with a fifty day party, right? With a fervor, right? yeah. You know the way we the way we ought to. Uh, we might have a nice meal one particular day, have some family over, but we go about our our business after that. And if we're not then, if we're not then spiritually attentive, and um, you know, really sort of revel in the unseen spiritual joy of Easter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like from a liturgical point of view, you go to mass and it's this Easter day. Right. If you're not really thinking about Easter that way, then then Easter quickly disappears in your consciousness. And now you think about Lent, as you mentioned it earlier, right, as just an obligation, something where we're told we have to do. And it, it diminishes the importance of Lent. Right. But. That's kind of the reason why I think we really need to double down on it intentionally and to say, well, um, Lent is going to have to be about more than just giving up, you know, like Snickers bars or something. Yeah. Because, because it, it's, 
if you think about what is Lent for me in the 21st century, right? Lent is about turning me back into a spiritual person again. Right, right. Right, because I've, throughout the whole year, I've been, I've let the world get the better of me. I've allowed, I've allowed the business of this life Mm -hmm. to occupy almost all of my attention, right? And no matter how hard we try, we have a tendency to just kind of get buried beneath all the demands of this life, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So every year then we get turned back now lent of course isn't the only penitential season and we should talk about that a little bit too but um but lent is the major penitential season of the year right and um and so it's it's during this time that we turn our attention back again reminding ourselves that we really do exist for some other thing right for something other than just what we what we have in front of us in this life right i think that's one of the most important aspects of lent uh to put on the forefront of our minds is is that eternal you know uh, aspect you know we are not made mm-hmm. of for this world and so you know what for this period I'm going to give up some of the things of the world uh, so that my mind may stay on that you have the you know your spiritual life and then your you know your bodily life not that the two are completely distinct but they are distinct you know if 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 I'm hungry uh, uh, I know what that feels like uh, I know how mm-hmm. to satisfy it it's fairly easy and it's fairly and sometimes I even eat before I'm hungry uh, in anticipation uh-huh. of that hunger. You know, we, we understand these things about the bodily life. The thing that we don't always understand is that our, our spiritual lives work very similar, um, but yet many times they're not as clear. So, you know, if 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 I'm going through some sort of spiritual crisis, it's not going to be, you know, this this feeling of hunger like, oh. I need to go to mass, you know, like, I don't think any, like hardly uh-huh. anybody's ever, you know, short of the saints, you know, or those, you know, progressing in sanctity, uh, really have that feeling of, I need to go to mass, you know, hopefully we should have that feeling when it comes to confession, the spiritual needs do not always make themselves known like the bodily needs. And so we need to, again, yeah. prioritize those things and Lent, you know, that, like you said, you know, Lent's a, a time where we take a step back slow things down, again, look at our priorities and say, well, right. you know, we're not made for this world. We're, we're made for another world. And if it takes, you know, uh, you know, it's using the body to train the soul. Right. So basically, you know, a couple things, right? Number one is to note that fasting is fasting and abstinence, right? These are things that actually only human beings can do, mm. right? So I, this is why it's part of every serious religion. Right. right. Every serious religion involves fasting and abstinence in some way mm-hmm. um, because, right, animals are incapable of this kind of thing. It's the mark of a human being to be able to fast and abstain. If you put, you know, if there's a steak lying on the floor of your kitchen, the only reason your dog might not eat it is because he's afraid that if he does, you know, he's going to he's going to get beaten or something. <laughs> right. He's not the he's not the alpha uh, in the pack. And if he goes to that stake before anybody else does, um, he's going to he's going to regret it. Right. Right, And that's why he doesn't eat the steak. But if he's hungry and there's food available, he's going to eat the food. Right. He cannot not eat it. Right. He can't he can't say I'm hungry. And yes, there's food available. But there's a higher good. (laughs) But I'm just not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. it. Yeah. (laughs) Human beings can do this. Right. Um. And 
and and the exercise of doing it right mm-hmm. is training the spiritual side of the, the spiritual dimension of the human being right right so that's the first thing to, to consider right the um the other thing right is to remember what the word lent actually means right so it comes from the latin word lentari Mm-hmm. Right, which is the, at the root of the word relent. Right. So, what, what does it mean? It means to stand down, to back off, right, mm-hmm. to relax, right, to kind of, um, to kind of put things down. Right. That's 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 what the that's what Lent is all about. Hmm. Interesting. You've yeah. been busy. You've been living in a frenzy. You've taken up a lot of things. You've turned your attention to all kinds of places which are really less important than God. And now it's time to just stop. Yeah, that's interesting. That's good. Now, what are maybe let, let's let's take a little bit uh, different approach here, with regards to you know some ideas for Lent. What are some bad ideas for Lent? Right. So once we think about what Lent actually is, right, what it really means, the bad ideas actually become glaringly apparent. <laughs> so in in the United States today, it's very fashionable, right, to tell people, you know what, for Lent, why just give something up, right? And we think about giving things up, we think about giving up Snickers bars, right? Yeah. You're, you're going to live your life as normal, except on Fridays, you're not going to eat meat. And throughout the week, you're just going to, there's one thing that you're not going to touch. Yeah. And that's the way most people keep Lent in the United States today, right? Yeah. And they think, so that's really minimal. And oh, then yeah. people think, well, that's too minimal, right? So what they go on to do is, is then they say, well, we, we should do something. We should do something additional during Lent, yes, right? Yes, yes, Okay. I think that is – I'm going to say it. I think <laughs> that's a terrible idea. That is bad advice, okay? And the reason is that it flies in the face of what the term Lent actually means. So you're going to go to the trouble of naming this season Lent, and then you're going to ignore the meaning of the name of the season, right? <laughs> Remember, you're supposed to be stopping. Stop it. Just stop. Yeah, Stop yeah, yeah. the frenzy of activity. You don't need to assume another obligation during Lent. Yeah, that's absolutely interesting. Especially again, like you said, when you look at what Lent, what the word Lent actually means, you know, to step away, to back down, uh, to 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 slow down. And I think that points to you know our uh, you know the the understanding of the interior and the active life. You know, many times Christianity gets says, well, you know, we need to do all of these things. You right, know, and there's right. a, a, a a bit of an unhealthy focus on the that activity of life of you know uh you know it gave rise to you know a lot of the social justice catholics and things like yeah, that yeah. but to remove kind of the idea of of mortification uh from let uh that's uh-huh. again like you said that that and i would say that that can be very even uh harmful uh to the yeah. soul to start taking on these new things you know or or doing something extra um now, if you say, you know, something like, you know, I'm going to give up my time. Well, okay, well, what are you going to do with your time? Now, you know, it should be something sure. that has to do with the interior life, not necessarily right. these externals, uh, um, 
for 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 everybody to see for the world to see like you said these new right. projects so i don't want to diminish the importance right of like going to the soup kitchen or something right right but um but i i am going to tell you that lent isn't really the time to take that new project on mm-hmm. now um that being said right um there may be other reasons why you know you decide that at any time of year, including Lent, right, that this is something that you are personally being called upon to do. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm not saying that if you get some particular call to serve at a soup kitchen, you shouldn't do it because it's Lent. <laughs> but I'm saying you shouldn't go out of your way to think, well, it's Lent. What will I do? I know. I'll go to the soup kitchen. Right. That's not That's not how you do Lent, okay? But, and I'm also not saying this, right? I'm not saying that you shouldn't decide that you're going to do, you know, uh, half an hour of spiritual reading every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you hadn't done that all year. That's not what I'm saying either, because what I'm saying, because in, if I say, well, if you come to me and say, well, Dr. Bolzer Kelly, should I take up half an hour of spiritual reading every day during Lent? My question to you would be, well, what will you be, um, what will you not be doing during that half hour? Mm-hmm. Because what I don't want you to do is to add something else to your schedule. Right. You see what I mean? Yeah. What what I what I want you to do is give up something else in your schedule. Mm-hmm. Something something that's either um, non-essential, right? Or like sort of it's 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 value. Maybe it's valuable. Maybe it's good. Mm-hmm. But it's good in this world. Right. Right. right? Um. Maybe you are. Uh, I don't know, maybe you're sort of like a, an avid blogger or something, right? Yeah. You run a fitness blog or something. And I'm like, well, can you spend half an hour less on your blog? Mm. Right. And maybe do spiritual reading during that time instead. That might be a better way to do that. You see what I mean? Yeah. Rather than to go about your life as you did before and then to add another activity. That seems to me to be wrong, right? Another thing we could do is is to give up those things which say, you know, are not um, evil, but are kind of, let's call them, um, let's just perform an exercise here just for the sake of understanding what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Let's rank, let's categorize venial sins, Okay. right? <laughs> so some venial sins, right, are, um, are, grave in matter Mm -hmm. but you commit them without full freedom or knowledge or something right sure so i'm i'm not going to address those we should always avoid those okay grave matter you you don't you just don't always right then there are venial sins which are kind of less they're not really evil Mm -hmm. but they're less good right than you could be doing right Mm -hmm. there's no particular value to them okay uh, and I'm painting with a broad brush here, but sure. so I'm not gonna. I could go into further nuances than this, but but let's just say you know, um, you know, watching a TV program, right, mm-hmm. is 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 probably not evil, unless it's like really evil <laughs> program. Let's say it's you're just watching a TV program, right? Sure. And it's not really evil, but it's not it's not the best use of time. Right. You could probably um, salvage some time from those kinds of activities, right? To, mm-hmm. to devote to spiritual reading. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't, 
what I don't want is to encourage people to start doing new things, adding things to their schedule so that they're even more frenzied at the end of Lent than they were at the beginning of it. Especially, I think, in our industrial world where so much is uh, so much value is placed on efficiency um, uh-huh. and kind of uh, um, the busyness of things. Just the idea of stopping, of slowing down, of even saying, you know what, I have this, I have this project or I have this thing. I could get it accomplished this week, but I'm not going to. Yeah, it, right. It can wait, uh-huh. you know. It can wait. You know, I think there you know, I think there's a it's it's I mean, it's so counterintuitive uh, uh as an American. Um but also, you know, I think it's one of those things where you can give you can give things like that, you know, uh uh to God to, you know, to entrust to his sovereignty and to his timing. Um uh to 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 kind of hand off and to realize it's not the most important thing uh in the world and it's not the most important thing uh that we're called to do so if you're looking for any bad ideas for lent yeah new projects is going to be one of them so saint benedict right saint benedict actually addresses lent Mm -hmm. um and he says it's really the case that a monk uh, lives in a perpetual Lent, mm. right? Yeah. A monk's life is a perpetual Lent. He says, nonetheless, it's meritorious uh, to give up some little, some small thing, right? That otherwise he had he had access to. Now you think, well, what is this for a monk? <laughs> they have no uh, possessions, you know. Particularly according to the rule of Saint Benedict, which yeah. you know, on its own terms, forget about the way people live now. <laughs> but like the. <laughs> The rule of St. Benedict, on its own terms, is a pretty stringent uh, rule of life, right? Yeah. I mean, they don't eat a lot. And in fact, Benedict had his monks abstain from meat, period, right? Yeah. They didn't eat meat. Uh, and there are reasons for that. But it was very common for monks not to eat meat, right? So they're already not eating meat. They're already subsisting, right, on uh, pretty meager rations. Mm-hmm. And they don't sleep much. They even get up in the middle of the night to pray. Mm-hmm. They don't have any private possessions except like one habit to wear and the other to wash, <laughs> right? A belt around their waists, a dagger. They carry daggers, which is interesting. Some sandals for their feet, right? Yeah. That's it. That's okay, it. what are they going to give up? <laughs> I don't know. Um, a little more sleep or, you know, um, that extra crust of bread at right. <laughs> at the at the refectory. I don't, I don't really know, right? Yeah. But Benedict even recommended that they that they give something else up. Mm. Now, so what should what what should our Lent look like? I think that's kind of an important question mm. for us mm-hmm. to ask. If we're really going to be serious about Lent, right? Uh, while recognizing, so I'm a lay person, so are you. Um, we have kids to raise. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be serious about Lent, but in the context of my own, you know, my own um, vocation as a married man. Um, how am I going to do it, right? Well, I can't really starve myself the way I might if I were a monk. Right. Because I've got obligations that I won't be able to execute uh, if I if I don't eat enough. Yeah. Right? Um, so, you know, for example, right, I just I just can't do that. But for me, what it tends to look like, you know, when I was younger, I would give up a thing like Mm -hmm. most people do. But as I matured, I got to the point where I kind of give up everything. I, 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 not everything, I'm exaggerating, but I give up 
I give up most of the pleasurable things that I might otherwise engage in mm-hmm. um, that aren't really necessary, right? Yeah. Snacks between meals. Um, you know, um, I'll think less about how much I like a particular food for dinner, right? If it serves the purpose of feeding me, right, right. then uh, then that's enough, right? Um, you know, I I won't have that cigar if I even if I have the opportunity and the weather cooperates, I just won't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I won't have a glass of wine with dinner or something like that, right? I'll, I just had to give up all of that stuff. And then when Easter comes around, right, it really accentuates the festal quality of it, right? Trying to decide what to give up for Lent and things like that. I think that's a, a very, you know, kind of mature way, you know, to look at it, but also to take, you know, it's the thing that I like about that is that it's not complicated. Uh-huh. It's you know, okay, I'm going to give up those things that are, that are, that are pleasurable. I'm going to give up those things that are, that are not necessary, you know, and it it just, it, it, you know, I think it points to kind of a simplicity to Lent that, that I think serves the soul well. Cause many times, you know, I think uh-huh. we can just as human beings, we like to complicate things, you know, unless if you're eating like four Snicker bar, Snickers bars a day or something <laughs> like that, like the idea of like giving up Snickers, well, it's not that, you know, it's really not that big of a sacrifice. Yeah. You know? That's like, you know, it's like saying, well, I'm going to give up driving my Ferrari in order to, you know, just drive my Ford. You know, like, is that really a sacrifice? You know, like, you know, when you're talking about, you know, choosing an active mortification, you know, having these mortifications that 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 cause us uh, suffering. So some people during Lent, you know, they'll give up something actually evil, right? Yeah, we should do that before and after Lent, too. (laughs) Yeah. So let's say that. you know, a, a a guy uses Lent as a time. He's gonna say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna give up um I'm gonna give up pornography or something." Yeah. Right? Well, okay, okay, uh, you should, but that in itself isn't really a Lenten sacrifice, right? Because yeah. this is already per se evil and incompatible with Christian life. So, what would you say to a guy who came to you with that proposal? Like, yeah. there's something meritorious in the proposition, right? But it's not. He needs to think about it in another way still. Yeah. So I would, yeah, again, a point to the fact that, yeah, it's already evil. And, you know, you, we, as, as Christians, our, our first disposition should be that, uh, we, we orient our wills completely against temptation and sin. Like that's, Uh that's our default disposition to the world. We're completely against temptation or sin. So, First off, is that, you know, temptation or sin? Yeah, it's both. Um, so, yeah, we should give that up. Um, but if somebody came, came to me with some sort of proposition like that of what they were going to do for Lent, yeah, that would be a good start if he went 40 days without it, you know? Yeah, this is the thing, right? I'm inclined to say, well, don't think of it like giving up with the idea that afterwards when Easter comes, yeah, you're going you'll, back be able to to, you'll be able to go back to it. Yeah, but it does seem to me, right? Actually, in the spirit of um, Lent as preparation for Easter, at which time, let's keep this in mind, right? Uh, converts would enter the church, mm-hmm. right, and 
Uh, remember, there was a time in the church when there was this thing called the Order of Penitence. Right, right. Which existed even at the time of St. Augustine, okay? The Order of Penitence. And um, Christians who had been guilty of grave sin would undergo a period of penance mm-hmm. for 40 days, right? Or in some cases, even longer than this. Sometimes it was years, depending upon the sin. Sure. Uh, but but during in preparation for Easter, right, this, this, this accelerated period of, of 40 days of preparation for readmission to communion with the church at the Easter vigil. Mm-hmm. All right. So it would actually, I think, be in the spirit of land. Yeah. For a person, for a person to treat Lent right like, like a person in the order of penitence. Yeah, and, no, that's, uh, that's good, and I, and especially, I mean, it, it is one of those things where you know Lent. I mean, if you're going to say there's, you know, of course, every time is a time to to get rid of those things that are evil in our lives. But I mean, if 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 you're, you know, if if there's something like that that you're struggling with, yeah, Lent's the time. You really have, I think, visible signs that the church is suffering with you uh, to turn yeah. to turn from sin and to turn towards God, you know, because uh, you try to give up, you know, something like that. or You try to distance yourself from something like that during Easter or, or Christmas. Well, that yeah, good luck with that. You know, the, the, the church is not necessarily in the same frame of mind, but, you know, yeah. during Lent, you know, the the. You know, you have the ash. Remember your dust. You have, you know, we uh, the we we get rid of the Alleluia. We, you know, there's the the church enters a period of 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 active suffering. Um, so I mean, if there is a time when you know you you need to do something like that, Lent's the time because there again and again, be, not necessarily because you know it's the only time or something like that. But I, I think there's a lot more visible signs that the church is going to suffer with you and people yeah. are going to suffer with you. Right. Well, the thing about the words of Saint Paul, right, which are which are read during the season of Lent, mm-hmm. right? Now is a very acceptable time. Yeah. Now is the time of salvation, right? So what you've got, I think, right, is um, a church in solidarity with with sinners, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, so we're all kind of in this together. And I think that that does provide a kind of support, right, for people struggling with some really serious problems. Yeah, absolutely. But we should we should look at it as a as a we should look at it as, um, again, not just giving it up with the idea that you'll go back to it, right? Right, right. But purgation, Mm. right? A time of purgation. Well, Dr. Bruce Kelly, I think we've given our listeners a lot to think about. Uh, Maybe some good ideas for Lent. Obviously, a couple of bad ideas for Lent uh, to stay away from. Uh, You know, so if you're already in the middle of Lent and you're you're doing all these extra things, uh, uh, think about that. I mean, and and also remember that, you know, it's not one of, Lent is not one of those things where, you know, we cannot direct our ways so dr kelly thanks for joining us thanks for guiding us through this uh topic of lent uh we want to invite all our listeners to check us out at catholicstudiesacademy.com you can find uh, dr Bruce kelly's series also on uh, purgatory which i think would be a good read uh, for lent his most recent one is on purgatory and suffering uh, so check us out at catholicstudiesacademy.com until next time god bless